All right, weekly text based Tanya. What chapter are we on? 53. 53. How many chapters are in Tanya? 53. Okay, this is the last chapter. Uh, I just checked, this is class number 88. Really? Yeah, so it took us 88 classes to cover 53 chapters, plus the. Um, what does that say about us? The. Um, well, we went. That's not that. That's that's not fast or slow. It's not fast or slow. I've seen classes that take uh, ten years to get through the fifty-three chapters. So it's not it's not slow. Fast would be fifty-three classes for fifty-three chapters. That would be fast. I think 88 classes is moderate. Um, we read every single word, and I should mention also we read the Hakdama, the mm-hmm. compiler's preface, so that's like, yeah. And we read the, the title page. Okay, so at any rate, now Baruch Hashem, we're finishing. So Baruch Shechionu, V'kiyamonu V'giyonu L'zmanazah, Hashem has kept us to this time. And um, with Hashem's help, we will continue learning Chassidus and incorporating it into our daily lives. Okay. Okay. So as you know, in chapter 51, the Alter Rebbe said, let's revisit something that was first introduced in chapter 35. In chapter 35, those were the action chapters, 35, 36, 37, we spoke about the importance of action and how it makes a dirabatachtenim, a dwelling place in the physical world for Hashem. And we introduced the metaphor from the Zohar about uh, the wick, the oil, and the flame, mm-hmm. right? The wick is the body, the oil is the mitzvahs the body performs, the flame is the light of the Shechina, of Hashem's presence that is generated thereby. And uh, in chapter 51, the Alter Rebbe says, let's, let's go back to that. You know, 41 through 50, we we're talking about all types of love and awe. So in 51, he's like, let's bring it back to action. And he, and he brings us back to that metaphor, the oil, the wick, the flame. Okay. But then what happened is he asked a question in 51. He said, what does it mean that the Shechina, Hashem's presence, was dwelling in the Holy of Holies when Hashem is omnipresent? How can you say Hashem is dwelling specifically in one place when Hashem is everywhere? So he gave us a metaphor. Do you remember the metaphor? The brain. The brain. Very good. Okay. So the whole body's alive, but definitely we understand that the soul, meaning the life force, has a unique relationship with the brain, because from the brain is how it spreads out to the rest of the body. So yeah, the soul is in the entire body, but the brain is the place where it spreads out from. And so too, Hashem is present in the whole world, but the Holy of Holies is like the epicenter. And then he started to explain, and this is what we were doing last week, uh, this concept of Every world having a Holy of Holies, we spoke about the idea of the Shekhinah, Hashem's presence in each world, investing itself in the Chabad, in the Chochmah Bin Adas, in the intellectual attributes of each world, which is embodied by the Torah as it is understood on that plane of reality. Yeah? Okay. So, and as I told you when we started these chapters, do not tell me this is too abstract. I'm telling you this is abstract. Yeah, these are spiritual levels. And no, it's not because I had a cold last week. 
because these are abstract concepts. They're very abstract, okay. Um, by the way, you guys probably don't even realize there are other Sfarim and Chassidus that talk like this the whole time, and even more so. <laughs> okay, I won't invite you to those classes. Yeah, okay. All right. But this is, this is rel relatively, you know, light lifting. This is not that intense. All right, so let's do chapter 53. kayam. little history lesson. When the first base Hamikdash, when the first holy temple stood, in which the stone tablets, the tablets of the covenant, were contained in the ark, in the Holy of Holies. Hoisa Shechina, then the Shechina, Hashem's presence, Shehi Malchus Datzilus, if you want to know specifically what we mean by Shechina here, we mean Malchus Datzilus, the Sphira of Malchus, from the world of Atzilus, the highest world. Shibachin is Gilead Ain't of Baruch, which is another way of saying a revelation of the infinite itself. Shedesham was actually dwelling there. It was actually invested within the Ten Commandments that were carved in the stone. So basically, Malchus Datzilos was dwelling in a physical location on this earth. Wow. Crazy. Okay. In fact, it was present there in a way that was more revealed than the way it is in the spiritual worlds. How is that possible? Even more than in the spiritual worlds? Because the Ten Commandments that are carved in the tablets represent the entirety of the entire Torah. Right? There are 620 letters in the Ten Commandments, and they represent the 613 biblical commandments and seven rabbinic mitzvahs. And the Torah, I mean the Ten Commandments, comes from an even higher place. It comes from... Uh, meaning higher than Malchus. And in order for them to be, the Ten Commandments to be carved in the tablets, they, the Ten Commandments, yeah, Ten Commandments are ideas, they're, they're concepts, but then they, be, they, they became embodied in physical form when they were carved in the tablets. And you probably know that they were carved in the tablets in a miraculous fashion where you could see through all the way. Yes, that's right. It wasn't just um, engraved. It was all the way through. And yet when you'd flip it around, and I don't think you would flip it around, you would go around the back. If you would look at it from the back, there was no back. It was front on both sides. Now, how's that possible? Also, the Samach and the Mem, which are complete circles, the little centerpiece, the you know the the blank space in the in the in the middle of it was suspended. The whole of the donut was just hanging there. Yeah. What does it mean? What does it mean? Imagine a circle. Do you want to show us a picture? Like, like imagine. Yeah. Imagine carving a circle in a piece of stone, 
and that the donut hole is hanging in the middle of the donut. Now you got it. Okay. Thank you. We needed that visual. Okay. So what he says is, <clears throat> the Ten Commandments from Chachmei Law did not come down level after level. They didn't, they didn't go through Hishtalshlis. Hishtalshlis means the chain-like evolution of worlds. It went express train, whoop, straight to the physical world from Atzilus. In other words, it didn't attenuate to each plane of reality. Like normally, when things come down, there's an adjustment uh, there's a translation of the light on each plane. And then it becomes like a translation of a translation of a translation. Here, it came straight down from Atsilas, and that's why it appeared in the physical world in ways that defy the normal laws of nature. The physical world is run by the laws of nature. But the tablets were the work of God meaning they were miraculous, as explained. And the writing, the engraved writing, was godly writing, as explained. In a way that transcended the laws of physical nature. The laws of nature come from the... Um, Shechina, as it's invested in the Holy of Holies of Asiya. Asiya is the lowest world. That's how the physical world gets its energy. But what we're saying here is, anyways, there would be a Holy of Holies, there is a Holy of Holies of the world of Asiya. But, and that is the source for the life force of the physical world. But what we're saying is, the physical tablets in the physical ark, in the physical Holy of Holies, in the physical Jerusalem, in the physical temple, were not an expression of the Holy of Holies of Asiya. It was coming straight from Chachma Vatsilos, right. And therefore, when it came down here, it defied the laws of nature. Like I said, you could see it from both sides. Both sides were front. It was carved all the way through, and the boat and both sides were front. You should one one side should be the back, and it wasn't. Magic, <laughs> yeah. You're not impressed by it. You're a pnimi. I get it. Yeah, because the the point is not to impress you with the uh, with the special effects. It's a symptom of something. The significance of something is that it is chokhmi law manifests directly in this world. The fact that the, the writing did that trick is a symptom. You're right not to be that impressed by it. It's just an indication of something deeper. And what is that something deeper? The something deeper is that rather than being an expression of the Holy of Holies of this plane, it's a direct manifestation of the Holy of Holies of the highest world coming straight through without adjusting itself. Well, that's what we're going to say in this chapter. Like, w since the temple was destroyed, and even we're going to talk about in the second temple, did we have that in the second temple? Okay, and then do what do we have today? Yeah, well, okay, you're asking the right question. We'll get to that. Okay. Yeah. On the Indian general rule, no matter 
Like no, it's not a general rule. Shechina, like as you've learned in Tanya, terms that we use in Chassidus are relative. Right, now, if I say Shechina and I don't qualify it, the odds are I mean Malchus Datsilos. But it depends on context. Right, because before the first Yisrael Medrash, the Shechina is a relative term. Shechina describes a function, the function of shoychenis, the indwelling, nurturing power of Hashem. So it really depends on context. Is that yes, yes. And how the way Hashem fills the world, rests in the world, is manifest in the world. Yeah, so there are different levels of that. And what we're saying is the normal way that Hashem's creative energy enters the physical world is through the Holy of Holies of Asiya. In the first temple, in the Holy of Holies, it was not the Holy of Holies of Asiya. It was, it was Atzilus coming straight down, skipping Bria and Yitzira. But how does that translate? You're saying, so we know it's from Asiya. So, so like, and therefore, what difference what? did it make? The world was a holier world. Godliness in general was more accessible in the world. There were more miracles, yeah. It was easier to get in touch with Hashem. There was prophecy. It was just a holier world. Now, is that because of the people in the world um, merited that, or Hashem just used that? It's a, the, you know, the great men of history uh, question. Do, do great men make history, or does history make great men? Or chicken and egg, I don't know. But that's what it was like. Shechin is also Shechin, a neighbor, so making... Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it dwells, dwells. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, bypassed it. You got it. Yeah, you got it. You got it. Okay. So, El Bechinas Chochmi Ilo Datsilos. What? Oh, <laughs> that's very sensitive of you. You're like, well, was the Holy of Holies of Yitzira empty then? If the Light was just skipping it. Um, no, it wasn't because there was still the natural order. It's just in the Holy of Holies in the temple, it was skipping the natural order. Both can be true at the same time. There's the regular way for the Shekhinah to come down, level after level, and then there's the special direct express train. No layovers, the way that it did in the Holy of Holies. So does it affect those worlds? I would have to say logically that it did. I'm just saying that based on the fact that we know that when Mashiach comes, it's something that happens as an event in the physical world, and yet it has a positive impact on all worlds. So I'm assuming when the temple <laughs> stood and the Shechina from Atzilus was able to come straight down into the physical temple in Jerusalem, that that also affected the higher worlds. I would assume so, yeah. Okay, let's keep going. Now he says it a little bit more um, technically. 
the Chochma Ilah of Atzilus, the highest sphere in the highest world, which is the representation of the entire Torah as embodied in the Ten Commandments, invested in the Malchus of Atzilus and of Bria, and of Bria, and those alone are united with the infinite light inside of them. And that's what we're referring to as Shechina. In the context of what was dwelling in the first temple. And that was manifest in the Ten Commandments carved into the physical stone. Okay, so basically saying it skipped Yitzira. It was, it was invested in Bria. It was skipping Yitzira. Okay, that's a technical difference, but that's what it says here. Okay. In brackets, who alma discasia mekanin ba'elam abria The world of Bria is called the hidden world. It's still a hidden world compared to Yitzira and Asiya. And the uh, the Shechina dwells there. Now in the second temple, it didn't have the Ark and the tablets. It didn't have it. Shlomo Melech created catacombs under the temple, and when the Babylonians came, they hid the Ark and the tablets. Yeah, it's still there. <coughs> yeah, yeah, it's still underneath the temple. <coughs> What's in the Vatican? A lot of other stuff they stole, but but the tablets and the ark is still under the temple. Yeah, the catacombs. Yeah, you love catacombs. Just be careful when when you go into the catacombs. Just just be careful. Okay. You go spelunking in the catacombs, just be careful. Okay. Now, in the second temple, there was no ark and tablets. They had a holy of holies, but they didn't have an ark and tablets. They had a holy of holies. And apparently it was still pretty powerful because in the second temple, that's when you had the corrupt high priests who would die from entering the Holy of Holies. So it was still the Holy of Holies. It just didn't... Isn't that terrible that they died? Is it terrible? I don't know. I, that's, uh, okay, I don't want to get sidetracked. Now, it's a very interesting topic. I don't want to talk about it. Okay. Amrazal. <coughs> well, let's find out. Let's find out. How about we find out? Okay. Amr Razal, the sages said, There was no Shechina there. Sages say, there was no Shechina there. I said, let's find out. Perush, what does this mean? What does this mean? Madregas Shechina, the level of Shechina. That was dwelling in the first base. That skipped worlds. In other words, of course, it still had the Shechina there, just not that level of Shechina that was extra potent because it skipped worlds. Okay. 
All right, let's keep going. All right. I feel like there's a concerted effort not to finish Tanya today. <laughs> but in the second temple, in the second base of Mikdash, everything went level by level. You had the Malchus of Atzilos invested in Malchus of Bria, invested in Malchus of Yitzira, and then in Malchus, and then in the Holy of Holies of Asiya. Every level. Okay. The Kachi Kachim Dasiya, Hayamislavish Bekachi Kachim Shibabais, Shibabais Hamikdash Shalamata, and then the Holy of Holies of Asiya, which is a spiritual location, in turn was invested within the physical Holy of Holies. That's where the Shechina dwelt. In other words, it was Malchus of Yitzira invested in the Holy of Holies of Asiya and then manifest in the physical Holy of Holies. That's why nobody was allowed to enter there, except for the High Priest on the Day of Atonement. In other words, it was still incredibly spiritually potent. It just wasn't what they had in the first temple. Okay. Um shecharev beis hamikdash. Since the temple was destroyed, meaning even the second temple was destroyed, we don't, we don't have that either anymore. From the time the temple was destroyed, ein loy la kadosh baruch Hashem has nothing in His world. Eladalad amishel halacha belavad except for the four cubits of halacha. So where is the Holy of Holies now? Where does that happen now? It doesn't happen in a physical place. It happens in a situation. In the Dalet Amishal Halacha. That means the four cubits. It's an expression for the environs of Halacha. Halacha means specifically studying the Torah as it instructs us how to do mitzvahs. That's what Halacha means. Not other areas of Torah, but specifically Torah as it instructs us how to do mitzvahs. That's where the Holy of Holies is now. Learning Learning it. That's why we say even one person who sits and studies Torah, the Shechina is with him. He becomes the Holy of Holies. Like it says in the first chapter of of brachas, uh, what does it mean? Shechina imay, the shechina is with him. When somebody says the correct halachic interpretation, we say the shechina is with him. Literally, the shechina is dwelling with him. And what kind of shechina are we talking about? We're talking about the one that goes through all of the local stops. Hishtalshlus, it goes through the whole evolution, investing. Malchus of Atzilus into Malchus de Bria and then into Malchus of a of Yitzira and then Malchus de Asiya. It goes so it goes through all the worlds. Goes through all the worlds. Yes. So all of yeah. them do. And even at the time of the second temple, the Shekhinah. In the second temple, it made all the stops, and today also it makes all the stops. Yeah. Kitayag mitzvus hatayda Ruben kekulin hey mitzvus maisies vegam hatloyis bedibra machshava kemei. 
the 613 commandments of the Torah <coughs> are practically all physical actions. And even the ones that are verbal or thought-related, like studying Torah or reciting the grace after meals or saying the Shema or davening prayer, even those, like we've mentioned earlier, merely thinking alone is not considered like speech. It's not enough just to think. You must actually articulate with your physical organs of speech. The Kaimalon, and then we established, meaning it is, is, it is the established understanding that that the movement of the mouth is considered a physical action. So all mitzvahs are physical actions, even the ones that you're speaking, because you're not supposed to just think, you're supposed to speak, and even the speaking is an action. Okay. Yeah. In this context, we just made a point that they are synonymous. Okay. Now, the 613 biblical commandments, plus the seven rabbinic commandments, you know, the things that are not in the Torah, but we still make a bracha, he who sanctified us and commanded us, or sanctified us with, her, with his commandments and commanded us, those things, they're not in the Torah, but they are rabbinic, there are seven of them. Okay. So you have 613 plus 7 is Kesser. Kesser is crown. I'm saying the Gematria Kesser. Tough is 400, Reish is 200, and Chaf is 20. So 400 plus 200 plus 20, 620. Okay. Kesser is also synonymous with Ratzain, with will. Just like the crown sits on top of the head, the will is higher than the intellect. So even though the, the Torah is Hashem's wisdom, Hashem's, uh, it, it, the Torah is also Hashem's will. In fact, on a deeper level than it is His wisdom, it is His will, because it is His will that gives rise to His wisdom. And that, that level of Kesser, is utterly united with the infinite light. Hashem established the earth with Chochmah. <coughs> what does that mean? The earth, it means the oral law which comes out from Chochmah. Chochmah is the highest level. He established the earth with Chochmah. The wisdom of Hashem is expressed in the concept called earth, which is the oral law, or like the Zayar says, the father had a daughter. The father is Chachma. <coughs> the daughter is Malchus. And Malchus is synonymous with speech. And speech is the oral law. So in other words, the wisdom of Hashem comes down into the oral Torah, which when we are studying it, when we're studying Halacha, we are channeling ultimately, Chochmah. And on a higher level, we're even channeling the crown, the Kesser, the Ratzin, the will that drives that wisdom. 
And now we're getting back to that quote from the Zayar. Remember, in chapter 35 we introduced it, in chapter 51 we said, let's take a, another look at it. So the Yenuka and the Zayar said, <coughs> This is a little Aramaic for you. <coughs> the supernal light, that's lit, that's shining on his head, on a person's head. He shchinta, that is the shchina. Itzrich lemishcha, it needs oil. So there's a little shchina resting on a person's head. And that little shchina light that's resting on his head needs oil as fuel. Pirush, that means lislabish bechachma, hanikri shemin mishchas kedish. Oil refers to chachma. Oil floats to the top. Chachma is the top level. Like the Zayar explains. So he needs some chachma. He needs Hashem's wisdom. And these come out as good deeds. The 613 commandments that are expressions of his chachma. He's saying, hold on a second. Are we talking about chachma, the highest level, the wisdom? Or are we talking about the physical performance of the Torah as manifest in the 613 mitzvahs? And the answer is yes. It's one and the same thing. That's what we're saying. That chachma comes down into malchus. That's what it means that Abba Yosad Brato or Bechachma Yosad Oretz. The highest level of chachma, and even higher than chachma, Keser, 620, comes down into the physical performance of the mitzvahs. <coughs> so he's saying like this, in order to keep that light shining on the person, this light that's shining on the person, the person is drawing it down, the person's the one generating it. It's not like randomly just, you know, some UFO abduction, right? That ever happened to you? You're like driving in a on a lone country road, and all of a sudden the aliens start beaming down on you from their UFO? And you're like, why me? Again, why is this happening? No, it's not like that. This is very purposeful. I know exactly what causes it. If I'm doing mitzvahs, then I'm burning that oil and turning it into light. And there's shechina light being generated over my head. I know exactly where it's coming from. I'm the one making it. Drawing it down, revealing it. <coughs> the people on YouTube are thinking I was abducted by aliens. This is just a joke. I, I was never abducted by aliens. People here are laughing. They know. I don't know. Maybe it's somebody's first time. Okay. I was never abducted by alien, and frankly, I don't believe that alien abductions take place. Although you cannot rule it out, you cannot prove a negative. Okay, but let's not, I'm, okay, I don't want to, all right, all right. How do we get that in mitzvah that we have to make the first, like, attempt? Like, we have to first do a mitzvah to then get the light, or do we come down with light? No, no, we have to do the mitzvah to make it. Yeah, 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 you have to do it. You have to, you have to make, you have to make it happen. Make it happen. You have to make it happen. 
and then maintain it. Right, right. So that's, that's what he's talking about, really. He's talking about maintaining it, keeping the fuel pumping. Right. So you keep doing mitzvahs to keep that light shining. Okay. So he continues describing the metaphor. Kedai, you have to keep doing mitzvahs. Kedai lechois eirah shechina bepsila. So that the light of the shechina will grasp the wick. You know, you want to keep the wick burning on its own. So you have to keep fuel pumping in it. The wick is the animating soul of the body, the physical vitality. Which is metaphorically compared to a wick. Because just like with a physical candle or lamp, how does it work? I'll tell you how it works. The light shines by consuming the wick, which turns into fire. So does the light of the Shekhinah dwell on the godly soul. Through consuming the animal soul. And transforming it from dark to light from bitterness to sweetness with the with the tzaddikim. Okay, why does he say tzaddikim here? Because what did he just describe? He described a, a situation where the nefesh is the animal soul itself, becomes light. The nefesh abamis itself, the animal soul itself, is becoming godly light, is becoming shechina. They don't even have a desire to do anything against Taita because that animal soul has all been flipped. He calls it his hapchusa. His hapchusa means the transformation. It's been flipped. It's been converted, transformed. Transformed. Okay? <coughs> so they've turned... No, no, no. Right. Well, that's a good question because the book is called Sevishal Bainim, so I'd love to find out what happens right. with the Bainim. Yeah, I wonder if he's going to tell us what happens with the Bainim. Right. That's what I'm, well, the first time today. Yeah, he better come up pretty soon. <laughs> Should we keep reading? Yeah. Let's find out. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the mitzvah yeah. is the fuel. Yeah. Okay. So with the tzaddik, his actual nefesh Bahamas, his actual animal soul, is getting burnt up and turned into light. Think about it that way. It's not, yeah, tzaddik. It's not an animal soul anymore. It's shechina. He turned his animal soul into shechina light. It's like if you take... You take uh, any type of fuel, and you burn the fuel, so it's like the conversion of matter into energy, right? So the, whatever the fuel was, it's not fuel anymore, it becomes the light, literally becomes the light. The tzaddik turns his animal soul into godly light. <coughs> or at the very least, 
through consuming its levushim, its garments, shehin machshavah dibaramaisa, which are thought, speech, and action, vishabchosa mecheshecha klipes la'er Hashem einzav baruchu mubash miyuchet b'machshavah dibaramaisa shaltarig mitzvah hatera ba'beninim. By the Bainanim, at least what they can do is transform the garments of the animal soul by using the thought, speech, and action of the animal soul to do the thought, speech, and action of the 613 commandments. You understand the distinction? The tzaddik is transforming the actual animal soul. By the actual animal soul, I mean what the animal soul is made of. Chapter 3, what's the animal soul? Uh, well, actually, chapter 3 is speaking more specifically about the godly soul. But chapter 6, what is the makeup, the composition of the animal soul? Well, that's the quality. that It's, it's klipas noiga. But what's its, what's its structure? What's its, what's its anatomy? Chapter 6, the anatomy of the animal soul. Seichel and middais. Three intellectual faculties, seven emotional faculties. Right? That's what a soul is as opposed to what a soul does. It's what a soul is and what a soul does. What a soul is is seichel and middais, its perceptions and its emotional reactions. What a soul does, its thought, speech, and action, what we call garments, modes of expression. Right? There's self and there's self-expression. What it is and what it does, insides and outsides. Anyone who's been here since the beginning, this should be really basic Tanya to you. So the tzaddik <coughs> is transforming the actual insides of the Nefeshabamis. He's turning the Nefeshabamis itself into godly light. Meaning to say that the desires of the, of the animal soul are only for godliness. The Bainani is not capable of that. But what can the Bainani do? He can transform the garments of the animal soul. He can take the thought, speech, and action of the animal soul and use that as fuel to keep the godly light burning, the Shekhinah light burning. And in doing that, in when, when you use fuel, like we said, there's, there's a conversion that happens. You're taking one thing and turning it into another thing. The difference between Tzaddik and Bainini is a matter of degree. Either way, what's happening is we're taking one thing, the animal soul, and we're turning it into another thing, godly light. question is how deeply. With well, the Tzaddik, he's taking the actual animal soul, its midos, its attributes, its desires, proclivities, and actually flipping that to make it Godly-oriented. And that's becoming godly light. <coughs> With the Benini, he can't get that deep. But he can take the thought, speech, and action of the, of the animal soul. And by using his thought, speech, and action to do the mitzvahs, then he's converting the thought, speech, and action of the animal soul into godly light. Even the three irredeemable ones? <laughs> no, 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 not the three Eredim Eklipas. These are the whole point is this is Eklipas Noiga, which can become elevated, which can be converted. The three Eredim Eklipas are irredeemable because they can't be converted. This is Eklipas Noiga, the neutral Eklipa, so it can be transformed. 
It is the point of the whole book, which is why the Alta Rebbe puts it at the end of the book. Generally speaking, a good author will put his summation at the end. So this is the summary. This is the summary. Okay. Okay, we could use that term. Is that what it is? When you convert that Sadiq converts his Nefesh Abamis into a second Nefesh Right. The okay. Benini converts the behaviors of his Nefesh Abamis into behaviors of a Nefesh which thereby creates godly light, Shechina. So the, the, the end result is that the <coughs> no more Yetzirah, and the Benini has a Yetzirah, which is completely submerged. Okay, but let's talk about the common denominator between the tzaddik and the bainini here. I understand the I understand the difference. What's the common denominator? Is they're both creating more godly light in the world. The question is only what fuel does each have access to? The, the tzaddik can use the actual personality of the animal soul as fuel for godly light. He can turn that into godly light. His animal soul's personality, in other words, his ego, can become a, a refurbished godly soul. Factory refurbished. Benini can't do that, but he can access the behaviors of his animal soul and use those as fuel and turn those into more godly light in the world. No. No. That's the whole point here. And that's what Sefer Shalbanim is all about. We've been saying this for a long time. That you are not losing out. Because at the end of the day, follow me here, okay? We are here to create the Holy of Holies. What he's saying here is, that the Bainini has just as much of an ability to create the Holy of Holies here on earth as the Tzaddik. Yeah, but that's not, that's not the point here. The point is, we're talking about a regular person who will never be rid of his selfish urges. He will never come to a level where he is genuinely disgusted by being uh, indulgent in, in physical pleasures. But what he can do is make sure to devote his behaviors exclusively to Hashem's will. And when he does, something happens that is metaphorically best described as taking fuel, taking something, when you burn something, that's called fuel, and, and making that conversion of matter into energy. So the Bainini is responsible for making more godly light in the world, in, in, in which we, you could call allowing the Shekhinah to dwell in the world, which you could call making a holy of holies in this world. And that's a Dira Betach It most certainly is, of course. Can the Bainini become a Tzadik? Can you remind us? I forgot. No. Yeah, well, I don't... Uh, so then how did he convert his no. soul to a Yiddish Tzadik? He didn't. He was born that way. Who? The Tzadik? The I don't tzaddik. know. I don't know anything about the Tzadik. I, I, we, we mentioned the tzaddik in passing. The tzaddik we just mentioned in The point here, and this is we're almost at the very end of Tanya. The point here to come away with is 
I will never thoroughly be able to transform my insides. I'm going to always have a certain level of conflict inwardly, meaning my desires are going to be conflicted. My orientations will be conflicted. That's basic Tanya. However, who cares? I have the opportunity to make a holy of holies in this physical world, to make godly light in this physical world by focusing on my behaviors because every behavior is a transformative act where I'm literally burning calories, using up my physical body, using up my physical energy, the energy of my animal soul, and so to speak, burning that and turning it into, I, don't, I shouldn't even say so to speak, burning it. You literally are burning it up, you're using those calories and turning it into godly light. That's the whole, that, that's the title. Yeah. Safer show baiting him. It's all about, yeah. Maybe not even dormant, maybe even conscious and active. You might have desires on a conscious level. What? Well, they, he, they can't be active, meaning he can't act on them, right. But they could certainly be harassing him internally, yeah. The effort of the Bainani is more greater than the Tzadik to achieve that same Shkina. He doesn't get any more... I don't know if it's more... I I don't know if that's even the point. I don't know if you can compare them and say who, who's. So what's the into love? You're turn. If I'll use the category terms, yeah. you're turning klipas noiga into kedusha, which you know about from chapter seven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But why do you say thought into action? Well, we well, this is this is from the first eight chapters of Tanya. You want us to go back to that? Because thought means active thought. It doesn't mean an impulse for a thought. We covered that in the beginning. You have to go rewatch the YouTube videos. Okay. So what happens is the Baini is able to turn his Nevishabamas, not the actual Nevishabamas, but its behaviors, into godly light. Ki al his hapchus Nevishabamas, because through transforming. His animal soul, which is, after all, the level of klipas noiga, the neutral spiritual level. From darkness into light. That creates an arousal of the feminine waters. That's a Kabbalistic term. That means the from below to above, you know, there's from below to above, and the reciprocation above to below. It's called the feminine and the masculine. So you're doing the work down here. You're bolstering yourself to overcome your animalistic desires down here. So that's called an arousal from below, or the feminine waters. Laham that then reciprocally draws down the light of the Shekhinah. And that takes the form of the revelation of godly light, or Shekhinah, on your head. So, as we're explaining, when the Benini 
does a mitzvah. He's creating more godly light for himself. He's turning himself into a holy of holies. He's bringing more shechina into the world. And what's that shechina made out of? Physical behaviors. And what is the Benny able to focus on and master? Physical behaviors. Yes, it's a Benny empowering book, exactly. Physical behaviors. That's right. So, at the end of the whole Tanya, what do we find out? Your physical behaviors can be turned into godly light. And you thought, as a Benny, you were missing out. As it is explained elsewhere. There are other books. Well, hold on a second. I just skipped a line. Skipped a line, important line. Not just, and now it will be understood. It will, it will be well understood. That which is written. This is a posseg, this is a verse from Deuteronomy. Ki Hashem the Lord your God, Eish Oichla, who is a consuming fire. The Lord your God is a consuming fire. The commission is born Mokim Achalek, it's explained elsewhere. What does that mean, the Lord your God is a consuming fire? Very simple. I said it's a posseg from Devarim. What does it mean? You got chapter and verse? 424, thank you. So the Lord your God is a consuming fire means like this. How does it work? It works like this. When you take something that's fuel, anything that burns is fuel. Like mitzvahs? Like mitzvahs. <laughs> and you add it to the fire. It makes it bigger. Brighter. Yes. So Hashem, your God, is a consuming fire. When you take your animal soul, and I don't mean your actual animal soul because only a tzaddik can really throw his whole animal soul onto the fire and turn it into godly light. But I mean at least just your behaviors. When you can choose the right thought, speech, and action, and you take that animalistic energy, that klipas noiga energy, and you throw it on the fire, then it becomes more of the fire, more of the light. So Hashem means that the more you bring your physical behaviors in alignment with Hashem's will, the more of Hashem's light you are responsible for creating. And what are we, what are we really realizing at this point? We started, Tanya, with a problem. Our problem was the body and the animal soul. That was our problem, the body and the animal soul. And now what are we finding out by the very end? Hmm? It's an asset, right. That the, the, the body and the animal soul is the fuel to create more godliness in the world. So if not for that, we couldn't do physical mitzvahs. So you're bemoaning the fact, oh, boo-hoo, my precious soul had to come into this coarse body. Yeah, it is traumatizing at first, that's true. But once you get used to it, you realize that it's only with the physical body that you have this opportunity to create more godly light. It's only down here that you can do that. 
the, the, no, 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 that's, a, that's exactly the opposite of correct. The whole point is, this is the most democratic, with a small d, way of making Shechina generation available to everyone. Because, be, because all you have to do is do. And you're saying, well, uh, what about ignorant people? I don't know. Maybe I'll say that the sages tell us that even the wanton sinners of the Jews are full of mitzvahs, like a pomegranate is full of seeds. In other words, even inadvertently, Jews t- tend to end up doing tons of mitzvahs, even not even knowing why they're doing it. So the point is, there's plenty of opportunity. Now, if you would say it's all based on scholarship, which, by the way, your standing in Gan Eden is based on scholarship, that really is not accessible to everyone equally. But doing mitzvahs is equally accessible to everyone equally. Yeah. So when you do mitzvahs, do you have to channel it to the Asif Hashem? No. You don't have to do nothing. No. You have to do nothing. That's like saying, that's like saying when, I t- when I put the wood on the campfire, do I have to tell the wood to burn and turn into fire? Let's say you're doing it to impress people. It doesn't matter what your kavana is. It will work. The mechanics work. The mechanics work. It is a real thing. How could someone become sensitive to this light, to appreciate the value of this light? By learning chassidus. By learning chassidus. By learning chassidus. The only way to become sensitive to this light is by learning chassidus. Because when you learn chassidus, it'll talk about it so much, it'll become as if you've experienced it. And then it starts to have value to you. Can I say the last few words? Okay. Let me say, everyone ready? Drum roll. Nishlam chelik rishin bezos We have hereby completed the first section. With the help of Hashem, may he be blessed and exalted. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.